0: This is my expensive gear. This is the and so please buy some products and books and stuff because that's her college fund. Uh, but, but she's like, she's like, the one she, there's two places I think Satan put on this earth. Alta and Sephora. Those are mean two demonists, Alta and Sephora. They're at every mall in America. And they sell lip gloss. Lip gloss, wax. 18 bucks for what? And she always, she always loses it. Like, there's 20 under my car seat. <laughs> I need an app for lip gloss, where I find my lip gloss. I went to Alta and I go, 18 bucks? Told him, 18 bucks for this? And he goes, I have one for $85. Can you imagine $85 for lip gloss? I, you can leave a Kia <laughs> for 85 bucks. Do I wanna to go to work or have some luscious lips? You know what's gonna happen if you don't use lip gloss? Nothing. Nobody died from cracked lips, nobody. They should have them for men. they have different flavors, like Jack Daniel flavor. Tabasco, barbecue sauce. And they have a chain attached to it so they don't lose it. And then she goes to the other side, she buys foundation, and she goes, Dad, I got some base, I got some foundation, and I got some... I'm like, how much? It's like 80 bucks for this. I'm like, listen, I could get that at Home Depot for 12 bucks. <laughs> base and foundation, 12 bucks. You can go to the AutoZone, get this whole big wax, and they give you a sponge with it. So you just... And my daughter's conservative, she wears, but her friends are always wearing, like, clothes, like, jeans. I'm like, and they're always like, when they, hey, hi, how are you? How are you doing? What, did you grow the sense this morning? When you left the house, these were good, and then, book, you just, like, the Hulk, you just came. Just cover up, okay? But uh, Welcome
1: to Laughter For All.
0: It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Laughter For All podcast. I'm your host, comedian Nazareth. We're here at the studios in Corona, California. Happy New Year. Can we still say Happy New Year? I think we can. This is the second podcast this year, and... uh, uh i cannot believe we're at week 20 already episode 20 and I know when I started uh we we didn't know I mean how long and how many guests but we already you know we have uh many guests coming in uh in this year so uh this is becoming easier and easier and I think uh the more shows you do the easier it gets and uh and now I just can sit on the plane and just prepare for the for the episode and all that well um, uh, uh, let's do our segment called what did I do last week well I was in Portland Oregon Uh, I did a show a concert for the fish radio family Salem media group and Salem media group not Salem and uh uh what happened is uh we, you know we last year i was there this time and we sold it out completely this time it was like 30 people less than sold out but uh it was a great show and uh i had a great time i got to see some uh fans that i've known and also you know meet new fans i love that you know uh, there's two types of comedians or entertainers there's a type that finishes the show and just goes to the green room or runs out and leaves And I've seen comedians and speakers that do that. Uh, Not me. 30 years doing these comedy concerts. I don't care if there's 200 people or 10,000 people in the audience. I am in the back, in the lobby, shaking hands with everyone until the last person's done. And I'll tell you what. I heard stories and stories from people who, who just came to me and said, Hey, thank you. I had cancer and this is healing. I did this, and this is, uh, you know, tonight was my first time laughing in years. Uh, You know what? Hey, I invited a friend who has never, you know, never been to church or never heard of Christianity. Uh, And he came in, and he loved the show, and he was encouraged. Or someone who would say, hey, you know what? Uh, People always thought Christian comedians are not funny. And he said, you really destroyed that, which... I think uh, Christian comedians are very, very funny. I have we have an association called the Christian Comedy Association, and it's really uh, what do you call it? We have very, very funny people there, uh, hilarious comedians. Because uh, it's harder to to do comedy that is uh christian i mean let me let me let me explain what christian comedy is a christian comedian is someone that not necessarily does churches or does uh adam and Eve and noah jokes no a christian comedian is someone who wants to honor god everywhere they go every show so there's no cussing there's no bad words but also this show when they do their show at a church it's forced it has to appeal to the audience you know, like if I'm doing a, a show for, like I did a show for about six millionaires at the time, probably billionaires. I did a show for six of them, and they sat there. Of course, I did material that has to appeal to them. And uh, I do shows for different groups. I did shows for medical doctors, for Kaiser, the old medical doctors. that uh, They were gastrointestinal doctors, and I had to go up and say, hey, uh, I'm not used to stand before you with my clothes on and that opened the show and I did a lot of jokes about being you know going to the doctor and and you know waiting in line and all that so so stuff like that you know depending on the audience but there is very funny community and yesterday I sent a a newsletter uh, and uh, I explained to pastors and if you're a pastor and listening to me you know be very careful when you hire a comedian Because nowadays, there's a lot of comedians that go out under the name of clean comedy and Christian comedy. Well, a clean comedian is a clean comedian. They're great. They're doing clean comedy. Now, uh, that's not necessarily going to translate well in a church. For example, if a clean comedian is talking about his girlfriend, I'm living with my girlfriend and we, you know, we smoke the joint. That's actually clean comedy. The guy is not uh, cussing; is not saying any bad words, but it's not going to fly with your elders at the church. So a clean car. Co- uh, so you need a Christian comedian, and uh, and don't go for the ones that just the mainstream media loves. Oh, they're great. No, 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 no. Do your homework. Talk to the comedian before you hire him, or her. Do that. I mean, uh, you can talk to the agent. Tell the agent before I book this comedian i would like to have a conversation on the phone with them trust me they will i always talk to pastors and leaders before booking the show to find out where their heart is what their goals is what do they do, what do they want out of the show and if uh, if uh, that doesn't you know if that doesn't happen you don't know what who you're getting also talk to the comedian last where they're at with the lord there's nothing wrong with that you're bringing him on your pulpit come on you're putting someone on your pulpit Regardless if you consider, it, oh, this is not a church thing. This is just a comedy night. No, you got to know where they're at. And also, you don't want just a comedian who just be funny and go home. You can. You'll do great. What you need, and this is helpful for pastors and churches, you know, you need a comedian who's going to encourage the people, inspire the people, and maybe at the end just share their testimony or something like that. Because you'll be surprised. A lot of unchurched people around your church will not come to your Sunday service uninvited. But they will come to your church uninvited if it's a comedy night. Trust me on that. I have done 4,000 shows. I can guarantee you. There's people just walk in. He said, I was walking by. I was driving. I saw the sign. It says comedy. So I came in. And I heard the laughter message. Next day, I attended the church. And now I'm a member. Stuff like this happens all the time. So be very careful. Check references. Talk to other leaders and pastors who you know about. If they hired that person before or who they have. And if you have to give us a call at uh, Laughter for All, you know, email us at info at laughterforall.org or call us at 877-COMEDY, the number 2, and we will be able to help you out. Uh, My guest today is stuck in traffic right now. She's on her way. And of course, if you live in California, you know exactly what we mean by stuck in traffic. But if you don't live in California, you don't, you might not understand. I think in California, we do need to actually name our freeways, not number them. Because what. You know, so people know what they're getting to. You know, instead of saying take the 405 to the 5, you say, listen, you want to get to Corona? You take the excruciating pain freeway going east for 10 miles. Then you go north on the pothole galore freeway for 3 miles and make a right. on. I know I'm not going to make it on time freeway. And if you want to save some time, you get on a suck all your money express lane and save a minute, but that's what happened, so uh, let me tell you who my guest today, and I'm very excited to have this guest with me, she is on her way, so I'm not stalling, I can do, this is a podcast, I can go two hours just talking by myself, a lot of podcasters do that, never done that, but I can, but that's not why, because my goal here is to actually get you to meet my friends. Those are people I invite are my friends, and I've known them for years, and I know they have something to encourage you. Uh, well, our guest uh, today is Jessica hoffman here. She's a beauty coach. She's a model. She's an actress, and uh, let me read you her uh, bio. While well, Jessica would say that she has been a student of beauty almost her entire life, It is her 22-plus years as a professional in the beauty industry that truly equip her with the wisdom plus grace to lead women of all walks into an authentic beauty. Her professional experience as a makeup artist, hairstylist, TV beauty expert, model, and actress have presented her with a wonderful opportunity to speak, write, and now coach on the ever-important topics of beauty plus authenticity. As a woman who has been in love with Jesus plus the Bible all her life, Jessica is extremely passionate about helping women step into their true identity as well as making sure that every woman in her path understands the true definition of beauty. If we by the lie and mistake cultures counterfeit definition of beauty as truth, our foundation as women will be faulty and our confidence as a whole will be completely stifled. We must build our lives on truth in order to live abundantly as our beliefs about beauty have an immense impact on the health of our soul. So that's Jessica Hoffman Shaker. I've known her when she was Jessica Hoffman living in Hawaii. I did a concert in on the island and uh, met her at church. She was single at the time. And she had a ministry about purity and how single Christian singles have to be pure till marriage and as we met we stayed friends and now she got married to the man of her dreams and um and she is on her way right now probably cursing the freeway coming here but um so uh that's our guest today and I all right ladies and gentlemen uh Jessica Hoffman Shacker is here and she See, we're going to welcome her to the show, and then we'll continue with Sean Kelly.
1: Oh, uh, right here. Oh, it?
0: Oh, Come on in. The first
1: door
0: here. Hello. Nazareth, hi. <laughs> How are you? Good. How
2: are you doing? Good to see you.
0: Come on in. Oh, I'm so, so sorry good. about the traffic.
2: Oh, that's okay. We're just... That's what to do when you live... In Huntington Beach and work all over.
0: No it. problem. This is your headphones. Oh, and we're live. So, we yeah, we've been live. We Hi, talked everybody. about you, about your you. intro. Oh, what did I miss? You yes. didn't miss uh, anything. Let me jump right in. Yes. <laughs> and you need this one
2: and uh, so you can hear me better. Perfect. How are you? I am really good. And, you know, I had a little bit over an hour to pray about our time together oh. to think of funny stories and that's like putting a lot of pressure on me Nazareth like mm. think of something funny no 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 pressure
0: but uh, uh, well I introduced you and I you know I talked about you being a, a beauty coach and uh and then I just re- let uh, correct me if I'm wrong I was doing a concert in Hawaii yep and then I met you at it was a Cal, Love Inc or Calvary Chapel, which One
2: Love Ministry. One Love
0: Ministry with mm-hmm. Pastor Waxer. Yeah, and after the show we talked. We had lunch. Yep. At the you know the at the church, and you were single, right? Yeah. Okay, and you were doing uh, modeling, acting, and makeup in Correct. Hawaii. Okay. And what, you had a ministry back then, right? Yeah,
2: back then it was called Pure Beauty Ministries. Uh huh. And well, here's something funny for you. When I would tell people what my ministry name was called, they'd go, what? Pure Booty? I'm like, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> we could go both ways.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, at my heart, though, was to encourage women of faith, single women of faith, uh-huh. to honor God with their bodies. And mm-hmm. if. Marriage was a desire of their heart to honor their future husband while they were single, before he comes into the picture. You know, and what I always thought was life, this beautiful life, the abundant life that God gave us, that is the cake that is the prize being in connection and intimacy with god and living a authentic and aligned life my future husband would be the icing on the cake so my Mm -hmm. passion then and now is to get women of faith to be obsessed and excited with the cake not just the icing you know what i mean
0: right 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 that's that's awesome and that's that's very difficult when you have the Mm -hmm. world telling you otherwise telling yeah. you is you gotta you gotta know the person you gotta you know get to know them in uh, and then you get married and I'm you know and I'm all into that you know when I accepted Christ I mean I wasn't a believer so I don't but my wife was pure mm-hmm. we got married and it's just amazing mm-hmm. you don't have to have explanations or anything mm-hmm. but uh what do you encourage like let's say there's a there's a there's a a woman listening to us, and she's single. She goes, ah, but I've been waiting, and I'm, I'm doing. What? How do you encourage someone like that to stay and know that one day, yeah. her prince will come?"
2: Well, I love talking about this topic. I love encouraging women with how to wait. Well, I'm continually encouraged encouraging myself with the word on how to wait well. I don't think anybody likes to wait, especially if they really want the thing, right? right? Waiting is just difficult for us humans, but there is a way to do it well. And it is all about perspective and what you're focusing on, what is your attention on. And so a couple of practical, I'll, I'll begin with the practical things, yes. how I applied it because that's, that's what we want, right? Like, okay, tell me how to do this. Tell yes. me how it could work yeah. in my every day. Now, I know that God made me in his image, that he made me uh, beautiful and loving and kind. That's what I meant, made to be, right. you know, so that's what I, how I want to live my life. And while I was single, I didn't meet my husband y'all till I was 35 years old. Okay. When I signed that purity pledge in 95, I didn't <laughs> think I'd be a 36 year old virgin on my wedding night, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And while, while you know, I was waiting for my husband. I, I wasn't just standing there in the waiting line. I was living this abundant life. I was following the call of God. I was living adventures. And I was saying yes to the things that God would call me to do, even though they scared the heck out of me, you know, and this adventurous spirit in me began to grow as I stepped out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And in the waiting time for my husband, I was growing my romance with the Lord. And during that time as Friends of mine would meet an awesome man. They'd get engaged. They'd get married. They'd ask me to throw their bridal party. And then years later, they would ask me to throw their baby party, a baby shower. I'm I'm good at parties. I like to celebrate people. And every time I was tempted with the option of, do I feed my hopelessness? Am I going to throw a pity party for myself? Here's yet another one of my girlfriends falling in love, getting married. I'm 25. I'm 28. I'm 30. I'm 32. I'm 32. Oh, when is that ever my turn? So I had the option to either feed my hopelessness in that moment or I could allow her love story to help me fuel my faith and feed my hope. So God really showed it to me and made it very clear that Jessica, in this moment, you could feed one of two things. You could feed into your hopelessness, or you could feed hope. Which one are you going to feed right now? Because I'll tell you one thing that I learned from Waxer. I, uh, hi, Waxer, if you're listening. We yes, love you.
0: I love that man. <laughs>
2: yeah, the wonderful man of God, him and his wife, Cindy, just really empowered me and and, and Spoke life over me in my young 20s in Hawaii. And he always said, he always reminded us of the simple truth. Whatever you feed the most will grow strongest in your life. So I applied that to my waiting. Okay, God, am I going to grow bitter in my waiting? Or am I going to grow to be the woman of my dreams? Hey, Let's stop chasing the man of my dreams. I get to become the woman of my dreams. I get to be the woman that I'm proud of, that brings glory to God. I get to be the woman that I actually enjoy. And all through my single time, my three (laughs) decades, I had the opportunity to condition my heart and my mind to want to be everything that God called me to be. So a practical way that I kept my mind right, my heart right, in a practical way that helped me wait well is I learned to celebrate other people, and I learned that their blessing could help feed my hope.
0: Wow, this is powerful, Jessica. This, oh. I didn't expect to, you know. This is power. This is solid theology. <laughs> Let me. Okay, so you went. You lived in Hawaii. Now you were I'm born ready for here. it. Let's go. Where were you born? <laughs> Where were you born?
2: In Anaheim, California.
0: You were born in Anaheim. Yep. And then where did you go to school?
2: I went to fashion college in uh, LA, Los Angeles. Okay. And...
0: Well, before that, you went to regular high school. Oh, you high didn't school. Go to... you weren't like four, five years old and they sent you to fashion school. <laughs> uh.
2: I'm not that gifted. Uh, <laughs> no, I grew up in Orange County uh-huh. and I lived away from California for 11 years. I first moved to Tokyo with Tokyo Disneyland. Why? Uh, I was, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I used to be a Disney princess. You were... But they tell us... I'm not surprised. Which one? (laughs) We have to say, well, I was very good friends with Princess Jasmine.
0: Oh, that's our people.
2: Our people. Yeah, our people.
0: Middle East, yeah, Jasmine. And
2: when I played that character in Disneyland, California... Now, I didn't get to play her in, in Tokyo. But when I played... Jasmine in oh. Disneyland. You know, I was meeting children from all over the world, meeting adults from all over the world. Right. And I I just thought, you know what? One day I'm going to marry a real life Aladdin. I'm oh. going to marry a tall, dark, and handsome diamond in the rough. That's what I'm going to do. And I did. My husband is His yeah. father was born in Israel. Beautiful. Tall, dark, and handsome man of God.
0: We wanna to get to that because that's that's the ultimate icing on on the cake, and we'll get it. Yeah, but yeah, so so you when you finished high school, you went to be- fashion college. I did. What do they teach you in fashion college? Like how to design, what to wear, or what
2: so I majored in visual communication so I learned it was a broad major I learned how to market an item how to take an idea and how to conceptualize an idea how to mm. how to visually communicate your idea whether it be on paper on you know a computer different program various programs that they taught me essentially I just learned to communicate my ideas visually and help people do the same thing. While I went to fashion college, I was still doing makeup. So for those of you – well, Nazareth, just – Probably told you that I'm a yes, hair makeup artist for are. 22
0: years. Yes. Uh, oh, that. So you Long learned time. how to do. <laughs> you learned how to do makeup yourself. You yes. Didn't, you know, I, I was just writing a prayer for a makeup artists, mm. uh, like, and I just, uh, I just said uh, because, uh, I it that. says, uh, "May you have a solid base and make Jesus your great foundation. May your Ooh. sins be removed, not concealed." Yes. Amen. I don't know. Amen. <laughs> so, so you started doing makeup. And then Mm -hmm. you you do makeup for like celebrities and for uh, models and stuff. Any who who, who's the worst person to do makeup for?
2: I'll tell you right now. No, 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 no. (laughs) I have had the honor of working with amazing people, and prayerfully, I have been able to limit the amount of awful people <laughs> that come into how my do life. You,
0: how, how do you do that?
2: Oh, I just pray a lot. Um, pray a lot. No, I've, you know, I've had people walk into set, you know, and they're, they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. I definitely, I would not want to be a celebrity. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of weight. They're opening themselves up to a lot of critique, a lot of criti- criticism. So I get when they come into a room, they might be burdened with all kinds of pressure. As a makeup artist, I want them to sit in my chair and, Relax and just let me serve them and pamper them. And for especially for women, remind them that beauty is something that is their birthright. God gave it to them; they have it in them to unveil. I just decorate the outside, you know. So when, even if somebody arrived on set in a mood, you know, uh-huh. when they get in my chair, by the time they leave my chair,
0: they're in a better they're in a mood. different mood. They're so that's a, a ministry mood. right there. Oh,
2: totally.
0: Wow, were you able to share with some people?
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you, this is a story that I I do love to share because it yes. was such a surprising story, and God, His fingerprint was all in it. But the the weekend I worked with Dr. Dre and Eminem, do you know who they yes, are? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was kind of a shock to me, Nazareth, because I was used to working with women, uh, many women, but actors and women who are models and beauty makeup and now all of a sudden i'm like whoa two hip-hop moguls you know mm-hmm. what am i gonna wear what do i wear when i work with Dre and m and <laughs> <laughs> and this is when i was living in hawaii and i remember as i well as i do with every job i hold out my hands and i say lord uh, anoint the work of my hands
1: Amen. and give
2: me the words to speak And if I could encourage and bless and share you with my client, allow that open door to happen. And if it's just me showing them kindness and love, then let me be a willing vessel. Let just work through me. And so driving up to the shoot with the both of them, I was a little nervous, not going to lie. And I just, again, I held up my hands. I said, Lord anoint the work of my hands. And after the first day, we had a great time. It was so much fun. Marshall introduced himself as, "Hey, yes, hey, I'm Marshall." Hey, hey. And well, if I could tell you a little funny story, yes, when, tell me. Of when course. his agent called me to book me, when his agent called me to <laughs> to book me for the shoot, he said, "I have two hip hop moguls for you to work on. I can't tell you their names. It's a very top secret." And I said, "Well, for me to be well prepared and to do my job the way I do it, I." I have to know who I'm working with, you know, and I, I will, I won't share their names with anybody. I won't tweet it. But anyway, I told him how I work and what I need, and so he told me the names, and he said Dr. Dre and Marshall Mathers. I'm like, okay, perfect. And then we went into detail about the time and all the things. When I got off the phone, I googled Marshall Mathers. I didn't know that was Eminem, (laughs) and so I googled who is Marshall Mathers, (laughs) and Eminem kept popping up. I go. No, not M and M Marshall. Maybe I spelled it wrong. Mathers and M and M kept popping up. I go, oh, M and M.
1: Working with Marshall Mathers, you
2: know. <laughs> and so, back to the story at hand. When I was finished with day one, got back in my car and thanking God for a great day and thanking God just for a fun day and that it went well and that we connected well and and I did my job well. And I thought, Lord would have ever have thought that little me would be working with eminem one day and then the dots were connected Mm. the backstory nazareth is that my one of my best friends renee from kindergarten i've been best friends with renee at one point she told me that the holy spirit put on her heart that i need to be praying for this specific person and i go oh who is it are you okay is your family okay she said Well, I I don't know this person, but he came to my heart and I really felt God said, Jessica needs to pray for this person. Mm. I'm getting the chills. When that happens, I know it's like the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen. Or it's really air conditioned in here. No, (laughs) it's warm in here.
0: So it's the Holy Spirit. I'll blame it on him.
2: And she said, you need to pray for Eminem. About five years before I ended up working with him. And I said, well, he probably needs a lot of prayer. Okay. So prayed for Eminem. Every time I heard his song, and I like hip-hop music. Every time I heard his song while taking a dance class or on the radio or whatever, I would remember to pray for Eminem. And part of my prayer was, Lord, send people in his life. Allow people to cross his path who know you and can show you his love. Wow. And at the end of the first day of working with him when I got in the car and processing it and going, Whoa, God, that was so cool. Who would have ever thought I oh, you did, God, wow. you did, you orchestrate all this. And so day two, going back to work with them, I'm like, oh gosh, do I, do Tell I him? pray with him? <laughs> like, what do I do now?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I just thought God was saying, just be you, just, just be kind, just be loving. And if, Hey, if I give you an open door, be ready with an answer, take it. Yeah. That's you just be you. And so at the end of the second day, Marshall comes into the room and he asked for makeup wipe, take off the powder and everything. And I gave it to him. I go, hey, Marshall. And and this was the first time in the whole two days that the bodyguards weren't there. The manager wasn't there. Dre wasn't there. It was just me and Marshall in the room. Mm. And so I took it upon myself to ask him a few questions as (laughs) one does. Right. And I said, hey, Marshall, what I'd like to know what your favorite song is. What song of yours means the most to you? And he said that nobody has ever asked him that question. Mm. And I go, no, surely you've been asked this question. He he looked at me like really thoughtfully. No. Wow. Nobody's ever asked me that. And he said, what would yours be? I go, well, it's probably expected, but Mockingbird, the song he wrote for his daughter. And he just smiled and he shook his head and he goes, mine too. Mine too. And I go, oh. And then he walked over. And he's really funny, by the way. He's hilarious, actually. And he walked over to me and he was just being totally facetious, but in his own humor was like... Yo, Jess, I wish I can say it was a pleasure having you around, but you're kind of whack. You know, you're just like really boring. I kind (laughs) of wish you like let your personality out more, you know, and I dished it right back to him. I go, oh, good thing you said it first. I thought the same thing about you, you know, (laughs) going back and forth. And he comes over and he goes, no, man, I really appreciate you. I really love having you around. Thank you for being here. And he gave me a big hug. And in that hug, we're just like beer hugging, you know, and I said, oh, thank you, Marshall. God bless you. And I said it with just like that yeah. conviction, you know, and he pushed me back and like held my, held, you know, the, my shoulders basically kind of pushed me back from the hug and looked at me for like two seconds. And I thought, oh no,
1: <laughs>
2: he's like, wow, thank you. God bless you too. And he touched his heart and he's like, thank you for that. Wow. And that was that, you know, so all it was, I shared a simple, God bless you with Eminem and I didn't tell him I'd been praying for him for five years, but God knows. And it's my not my job to change anybody. It's just my job to be me and to love God and love people. And, and that's wow. that takes the pressure you, off.
0: You're the most famous makeup artist I know.
2: Oh, I and, no, and you know, and you're very more.
0: good at what you do, and well, you were you. at Phil Liberatore's Lisa's wedding, and mm. just amazing job. I love Quash- them. I got an I got a text from a seven year old lady that mm. says it's too late for makeup for me. Is it true?
2: Oh no, no, definitely not, definitely not. And if we remember, you know, makeup makeup does not equal beauty. You know, mm. so if that seven year old is is saying maybe behind that statement if she's saying it's too late for me to be beautiful that's absolutely not true because god birthed that gift in you it's your birthright makeup is fun makeup is decoration and we have the liberty to do that we have the privilege of doing that as well it's an art form and so what i would say to that 70 year old a makeup wise grab a nice mauve rose lip color find a blush to match you know Add color back to the skin because as we age, we lose pigment, we lose color. So a nice bright, not too bright. Although, hey, if that floats your boat, you can go really bright. But find just a nice pink, find a matching blush and rock that. It's See, not when you big.
0: hear from someone who lived in Hawaii, like flip your boat, that's not a term <laughs> you use when you live inland. But uh, here's a statement from uh, one of my good friends authentic beauty begins in the soul works its way (laughs) outward therefore true beauty is to be unveiled rather than applied you said that
1: Mm, and that's amazing
0: so so do you tell all this because see i have i have a beautiful wife Mm
1: -hmm. gorgeous
0: she's gorgeous she doesn't put makeup on Mm -hmm. just recently she started to put a little bit Mm -hmm. i have a a 19 year old daughter who started at age 15 putting makeup or before <laughs> and she is just so expensive. I was just sharing a somebody. <laughs> you know what? Just like foundation and, you know, I, I was just sharing this earlier. I said Sephora and Alta. Those are names of demons. <laughs> the demon Sephora and the demon Alta. I, I just like, it's like 12, you know, like $50 for this foundation. I said, yeah. I can go to Home Depot and get you this big foundation <laughs> and base for 12 bucks a can. But, um, she started putting me... When, when is the right age to put makeup on? How young?
2: I love that question. I wouldn't allow it before... Well, I wouldn't allow it. It was a strong statement. I would... I will – when I am blessed with the daughter, I want to be a part of that conversation with her. I want to be a part of that journey with her. I would allow her to wear lip gloss at 12. you know. I would allow her to wear maybe a, a cream blush that brightens with a little bit of SPF at 13. Uh, you know, If we allow it too soon, it's more likely that they will lean on makeup as part of their identity
1: mm. and
2: – What Another thing I love to say, and people laugh because I'm a makeup artist and this is what I do, but I say, why put all your hope in something that comes off with just a little bit of water? Why would you put wow. all your hope
0: into... <laughs> Say that again. Why would you put your hope into <laughs> Why something-
2: would you put all your hope into something that comes off with just a little bit of water?
0: Is it a lot of water? Because I'm paying a lot of money for makeup remover. <laughs> oh, you know we... That blue stuff that's like... You
2: know a lot, Nazareth. You're I right. An two- oil... Yeah.
0: <laughs> two daughters, and a- my daughter's still 12. Hopefully, she doesn't... Her sister puts some makeup on her sometimes, just a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you go into the room. I'm so glad because my wife does not. But my daughter's, like, the whole sink mm. is just, it's like Sephora. You're looking yeah. at it it's like, what is this? Did I pay for all this? Yeah. And so what is, do men need makeup?
2: For television, yes. But yeah. for
0: real life, no?
2: Nobody needs makeup in real life. It's an, an art form, an extension of your personality, another way to to enjoy being who you are. I I really love applying makeup. I love the art of makeup. Thank God I've been doing it for 22 years. But also I love the days where I don't put a stitch of makeup on and I still go out. I still run my errands. I still we- meet with friends. And now I'm at a place where I am still confident in who I am and my beauty with or without makeup. It was not always like that. Trust me, it was not oh. always like that. But I I – Appreciate the gift of makeup. It is an art form, but I don't allow my mind, I don't allow myself to rely on it too heavily. And when I do, when I start to go, oh, okay, then I'll give myself a, hey, you're not wearing makeup for the next two days.
0: So, you know, but some people, I mean, they don't know how to put makeup. What about those people that shave their eyebrows and then have this marker pen? Like, I'm happy today. Yeah, tomorrow oh I am. God. I'm angry. I love <laughs>
2: this conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just do you, do you, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, some people put a lot like the dark yeah. stuff. They look like they're like going into That's horror movie. That's not my style. Kind. That's not your style. That is
2: not my style, nor do I apply that type of makeup on my clients. And I just, again, you know, yes, it's an extension of somebody's personality, but from being in this industry for so long and working with so many women, it's just a joy of my heart to work with women. I do notice that all too often women rely on makeup for their confidence, for their identity, you know, for, uh, for joy, for happiness. And so the eyebrow thing. Hey, if if you don't have good eyebrows, there's there are options for you to, um, you know, there are options that you could utilize that you could go and have done to have natural looking eyebrows. Put oh, on. they can, you but can I, surgically
0: get them done.
2: Um, you know, I'm not involved too much on that side of things, but there's microblading. You know, some people get that done, and it can be done really naturally. So if you're ever going to do anything semi permanent or permanent goodness gracious, do your homework and know who you're going to and don't skimp on that. But I have not I've never done any of that that stuff. I'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. And, mm. you know, it was my goal to age gracefully and to do what I could to protect my skin, to do what I can to be kind to my skin, to the skin I'm in, to my body to to this gift that God gave me. Okay. And at one point I'm like, you know what? Okay. It's my goal not to do anything until I'm 40. So whether that means like laser treatments after, you know, who knows? It's not a bad thing in and of itself, but what can be dangerous is if you jump to the outer services, if you jump to the, to, I guess, if you jump to realizing like I'm lacking I'm feeling a lack in my confidence. I'm feeling a lack in my beauty. As a woman of faith, I know the Bible tells me I'm beautiful. I know I'm i reflecting the image of God. I know I'm made wonderfully and perfect, but I don't feel that way. So I'm going to try to fix this emptiness, this problem by doing something from the outside in. That is dangerous. So if you have a good mindset and a healthy mindset about it, and then you go get Botox, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's not my Cup Is of tea? Botox
0: last – does that last for a while
2: or how long does that – I've never had it done, but from what I've heard, once you start, you don't want to stop kind of thing. Oh, so it's so, a commitment. Now – From what I've seen and heard,
0: yeah. You'll be the best person to ask, how l- big should eyelashes get? <laughs> because now they're like they, – they have to – you have to go to those companies that do the – what do you call it? The on
1: mm-hmm. You
0: have to – you know, they – some women uh-huh. they have to get the eye. They're so like when they when they blink, it hits their belly button. Yeah. And how? What's? Be, what is, do we have any colors for this? No, no. Good. So yeah, the love they,
2: they this conversation.
0: How? What's? What's long enough to wear? What what's the what's the standard? In my
2: opinion, it's getting out of hand, Nazareth. It's it is. Just, it's getting out of hand. <laughs> and then the more we see it, the more we're you know not shocked by it. You know, it's becoming the norm. And then people think, well, shucks, look at that Instagram picture. Look at her eyelashes. Look at her brows. I gotta do that too. You know. And it's just it gets into our minds and it becomes normal. And and then we keep going. Yeah, I think I think the pendulum has swung. Really to the extreme on the that eyelash and the eyebrow department. And I do see a lot more women wanting to embrace their natural beauty because eyelashes and I, all those things, it's high maintenance. It's a lot of money. You spend yes. hours and yes. a chair at a time when you're getting your eyelash extension. So for me as a makeup artist, I like to show women the quick fixes the quick ways to do your eyebrows in the morning that look natural hey it might take you 10 minutes to get them well done but they're going to look natural and you could wash them off at the end of the day so i like to give women the tools to know how to how to highlight what they want to highlight how to neutralize what they want to neutralize from neutralize their makeup bag and the and means the bathroom. hide it Conceal, yeah. Conceal
0: it. Yeah. Okay. Now, those people, see, if you have eyelashes that a fly can stand on, or if you're in the elevator (laughs) and shuts down and one of them gets stuck, that's too long. (laughs) But it's not pretty. I don't know. It's just like you see, and there's like like a fly. There's like, they're shaking. But, um, what about those people? Like my daughter's always like now this whole new thing about going and getting their eye, their eyebrows done. Mm-hmm. And you go there, and I went once, and I had this lady with a with a. With string. Oh, you had your
2: eyebrows threaded? No, not me. Oh, they did. I'm oh, like, wow. Don't.
0: I don't, and, and they like this. lady's just like mm-hmm. doing this whole thing, which in the Middle East the men used to. You know, mm. the barbers used to do it for men to remove the extra yeah. hair. And, and now they're doing it for women. That's just amazing. The ladies going back and forth, like, that must have hurt.
2: Yeah. But
0: uh, you don't do any of that. that
2: no, part. I don't do any of that. I like to pluck eyebrows. I love shaping eyebrows, but I do it the old-fashioned way with tweezers, and that's it. But isn't it wild how much time and money and attention that women spend and put into their outer appearance? Well,
0: it's commercializing. It's money. Yeah. It's, color, you know, yeah. capitalism. That's...
2: Right? And you know, I want to encourage women watching, and this is coming from a makeup artist. I've made a living decorating the faces of women and men, and I love it. And it's a beautiful, enjoyable art form. But if it's not partnered and coupled with a mind that knows that I am beautiful, whether I wear makeup or not, then... It can, it can become unbalanced and when the outer beauty and the inner beauty, when the attention on those two things become imbalanced, when you start putting more attention and more attention and more attention on mm-hmm. only the outer beauty, then the scales are tipped and that's when a woman can feel it, you're not aligned and, and you feel it and it comes mm-hmm. out in your confidence. But I am not saying that focusing on the outer beauty is wrong. In fact, I... I think about when King Solomon built the temple for the Lord, he spared no detail. He spared no expense outward Mm. and inward. Mm. You know, he wanted to, he wanted it to be beautiful and a treasure and an act of worship unto the God of the universe. And it was beautiful from the outside and it was precious and holy and beautiful from the inside. And as women, we have that privilege. We share, we, we share the beauty of a living God with the world. And we have the privilege of, Of creating a beautiful aesthetic with makeup, with hair, with what we wear, you know, but it needs to be partnered with the reality that I am beautiful because God put that in me and birthed that in me. So that balance is key. If you want to be a confident woman, if you want to feel beautiful and if you want to get that from head to heart. You have to balance it. So if you feel, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I definitely put more time and attention into my outer appearance, then take a step back, put something on your calendar, have a a soul care day, you know, have a day or two or three where you don't wear any makeup.
0: Really? Just really come
2: back to that and and find a balance in that.
0: Now, uh, what is a good, how long should putting makeup on take? I mean, just, you know, guys, I'm here for you. Uh, How long is that? Which see, my well, me, wife doesn't, so I'm yeah. I'm not the guy that's like I, you know, people joke about like, oh, my wife's like Regan My wife yeah. does not take time for that. She's just beautiful. She does, puts very little. But uh, what is the normal? What's a good time? It's like if you go yeah. over, that's way too long. Well,
2: before I tell you, what do you think <laughs> is an ideal time, a healthy, ideal, appropriate time for?
0: Uh, let's see, you slap some foundation, some base, you put the, you know, this little massacre, mascara, massacre, whatever mascara, whatever, that kills your eyes, and then you put this fake, you don't need it, and then you do, I don't know, 15 minutes? Ma- 15?
2: Yeah. I think that's a reasonable, healthy amount of time. It it can be done in five if you have all your product set up, if you know what you're doing, and if you're if you've had practice, it can be done with five products and you're out the door ready for work. Yeah. But fifteen is a more reasonable, you know, nice I'm not rushing, I don't have a timer on. I'm I'm in I'm enjoying the process.
0: Half an hour's too long, right?
2: Well, it depends. So if I'm going out for an evening, like ah. a hot date night with my hubby and I want to do something a little more special with my eyes, then I, I'd i allow 20, 30 minutes for my own makeup. But I'll tell you, when I have a client in my chair, 45 minutes for makeup is the, the, the starting point. Like if I have 45 minutes, I'm good. Anything lower than that, I feel rushed because – There is a skill to it, a science behind it, the Mm. layering, the – and don't think crazy cakey makeup when I use that word layering. But there's, yeah, products that need to go on first, maybe that need to dry and that need to penetrate into the skin before you add the next thing. There's a science to it. So I prefer to have 45 minutes for a client in my chair. But if they're about to walk the Grammy red carpet, I might take two hours because really? I'm doing their body makeup, I'm doing lashes. Oh, you do and... body
0: makeup? Mm-hmm. Like what, their shoulders and their necks? and
2: Yeah, just making sure that any skin that's showing for television or camera is blended and even, and if I'm going to create more of a bronzy look, if I'm going to give them a fake tan, that takes time, um, and knowing that oftentimes the light and the various light that you encounter, whether you're on a red carpet and the bright lights and the tons of camera flashes going off you have to know how makeup will react to that type of light versus the type of light that's on a television set wow that's a science as a makeup artist you have to be knowledgeable in light too and that's actually my favorite element of art of design of creation light Mm. you know and there's so much spiritual connotation for that spiritual life lessons with Staying close to your light source and knowing where the light is coming from. Because as a makeup artist, I could do the most beautiful, detailed makeup. And if my client isn't photographed in the right light, you're not going to be able to see the work that I did. And so it's working with the team, working with the photographer and making sure that it's reading well and the light is perfect and all of those things.
0: I did the... I do a lot, you know, several TV shows a year. So they always split that point. And my goal is to make them laugh to where they can't finish.
1: Make them laugh.
0: Now, what is the secret that you know as a makeup artist that women don't know that they can use in daily life?
2: Hmm. One secret. Yeah, I would say utilizing cream makeup, cream blush, cream eyeshadow, cream concealer. Especially in the blush and the eyeshadow department, I know that women who aren't makeup artists might think, oh my gosh, if I put cream blush, it's just going to run down my cheeks or I have oily skin or I live in Southern California, it gets really hot or whatever whatever it might be. But if you find and use the right product, the right cream product, and if you use the right application technique, a cream blush looks the most natural, and it's beautiful, and it blends well. And it has a longer-lasting effect. It That's can what stay I have on long. Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just saying, Is now, it
2: peachy keen? Because it looks keen, like peachy yeah. keen. <laughs> okay. Now, how,
0: do you, do you, uh, are you sponsored by certain brands where they say, hey, use our product, or?
2: No, you... I have been uh, for a, maybe a particular event, a particular Instagram post. But overall, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I'm freelance hair and makeup artist. And I'm also doing coaching now. So that's, that's what just... I want to
0: close the program later with about your coaching and how people. Oh, that'd be awesome. You're amazing. I mean, this is amazing. Oh, now, thank you. how come all your Instagram photos look perfect? What do you, you
2: don't just. Light. You... I find the light. I Lighting, it's all about finding your light, ladies Again, going back to my favorite element of design and – you know what? I'll have to I'll have to do an experiment and post on Instagram the same makeup, the same location, bad light, good light. I'll have to do that yeah. because it can be as simple as – and it's so simple and you guys already know this. But for instance, if you're going to take a selfie, you want to turn in the direction of natural light. You don't want it behind you. Well, if you want a backlit thing. But if you want your skin to look great and glowing – face the natural light but you want almost like a tunnel effect like you want to be standing under a doorway looking out into the natural light so there's no light coming from above because that will cast shadows Ah. and any we all have shadows we have crevices i should say we all have contour and crevices and and if you have direct light above you then we all have these you know little indentions under the eyes the wrong light it can make you look like you have under eye circles when you might not otherwise. So make sure that you don't have light coming straight directly over your head, but you have natural light facing you head on. And then when you're going to do a selfie, tilt your chin up a little bit, hold the camera up above you and look up. So the natural light is coming on you. Wow,
0: this is gold. This is, is amazing. It? Are you
2: going to use that next time you take a of selfie? Of course, of
0: course. I I mean, I'm, I'm doing this. This program is going to be listened to by, you know, 25, 30, 40,000 people. Oh and my I hope gosh. For Hi, everybody. Now, and hopefully that will encourage you. Uh, Jessica just opened her Bible. Go
1: ahead.
2: I did. It's my favorite book. So I want to read, I want to read you one of my favorite scriptures. Yes. Found in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 18. It's going along the lines of what I was just sharing.
0: Instagram? The Bible uh, yeah, talks about Instagram. Instagram. Okay. The
2: Bible talks about lifting our eyes and facing the light. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are reflecting the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And in my margin, I put the word beauty. For me, that is beauty. When we can, with unveiled faces, meaning...
0: Without take makeup. off
2: the shame even take off the insecurity take off the oh I'm gonna play small oh you know take off the need to to hide behind false humility because when we play small all we're doing is limiting how God can work through us and so when we with unveiled faces, uh, shaking off any hindrances, anything that hold us back, lifting our eyes to the light, to the sun, to Jesus, to heaven. Then we reflect that light to the world. That is radiance. That is beauty. And I, I want to say too, beauty, essentially, if you look up the definition in the dictionary, is a group of, or characteristics that naturally attract or lure. So beauty essentially gets our attention. You know, when God created creation every layer of creation he gave a stamp of approval by saying this is good this is very good and the hebrew word for good was i believe tobe and it had to do with an aesthetically pleasing element when god created creation he was essentially saying this is good and this is beautiful He did that for us, and he knew we would be drawn to beautiful things. And so, women, we have this gift of beauty in us, whether you wear makeup or not. The big question I have for you is, what are you going to do with that attention when you get it? Mm. What are you going to do with that attention when you get it? And my goal is always to point back to heaven where my gift came from, where beauty originates from.
0: That's amazing. That's wonderful. eh? I mean, to to connect it with the Word of God and all that. Now, you did modeling as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, for what kind of modeling? Like for fashion modeling or makeup? Yeah,
2: a- both of those things. But I, where I really found, you know, success in, and where I was really finding myself being booked over and over again was resort modeling when I was in Hawaii, and it was so much fun. So I got to fly to all the outer islands and pretend like I was on a vacation at a fancy resort or hotel and. They snap pictures of me and my fake husband and mm-hmm. oftentimes my fake children. <laughs> and my picture would be in the brochure of a hotel or a website of a hotel. And I can't tell you how many fake husbands I've had. That's,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Being a model and, you know, a makeup artist mm-hmm. and, you know, God created beautifully. Uh, what do you – you know you didn't get married till you were thirty six mm-hmm. so you had those guys and probably Christian men that say, "Oh, you know what it's okay if we can we already committed to the lord mm-hmm. to to get married, let's just sleep around what mm-hmm. how how did you have that strength to say to mm-hmm. say no, thank you because that's you see that that's that's a struggle for some Christian girls' mm-hmm. so it's just like you know well, we're believers he's you know he's gonna we're gonna get married mm-hmm." What?
2: Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely a journey. Well, where the fuel to even, you know, strengthen my resolve to see this through, you know, I, I was a preteen or I was like 12 years old. I think when I signed a purity pledge and back in the day you would sign a purity pledge. I still love that. I, I, there's a lot of power and putting it on paper and dating it and declaring it, Lord, with your help and unto you, I want to be the woman that you've created to be. Therefore, I want to be pure because I've made, I, I, this is what I'm made to do. And why I had such a passion for purity at a young age was really looking around at my family, looking around at the circumstances, friends of mine, and seeing a lot of teenage pregnancies.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of teenage pregnancies in my family, and I would recognize that along with that was the detour of their dreams, was mm. the interference of, oh, you know, a child having a child. It, it changes your life, right. you know. And I admire the women in my family who, who didn't take the easy way out. They had these children when they were young. They had these children when they are teenagers. They honored that life, and they. They raised them well, you know, and as a young person, I looked and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, well, we've been raised with the word of God. And I know that, I know that sex is made for husband and wife. I know that's a gift that was intended, is intended for marriage. And so then I was able to look around and think, this is what happens when I don't follow God's way, when I do it my way, the detour. Like you hit a big detour. Mm-hmm. And at at twelve years old I had this conversation with God. I don't want a detour. I want these dreams of my heart to come alive. I want the life that you have for me. Help me, Lord, to do it your way so that I I I can live the abundant life you've given me. You know, I could dreams were big for me. And I know that's why the the Bible says where there is no vision that people perish. I mean, that vision, that dream to recognize that at an early age is what fuels you in that direction. It pulls you in that direction. And so that was really big for me. I'm thankful that God just allowed me to see the big picture for my life because that was such a good anti-drug. But awesome. but when I was 12, I made a declaration and I said, Lord, okay. And he showed me that if I'm going to win at this game called life, I have to listen to my coach. Just like if I'm going to win at any sport, I have to listen to my coach. I have to take his mentoring. I have to Mm -hmm. take his coaching. I actually have to do it to be successful, to – to win. you know, And so the win for me wasn't, oh, I'm not going to have sex and I'm going to have the best marriage ever. Granted, that was what I was praying for. But the big win and what I want to encourage single women listening now, the win is your connection with God. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Mm -hmm. And when I was single and dating and yes, compromising, I was not flawless. And Every time I did I recognized this just doesn't feel good. I don't have clarity. It's 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 making this connection with God muddy. You know and I would go back to blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. God knows our heart and mm-hmm. so God also knows that we are fallible human beings. We will mess up. But I wanted to grow that desire first in my heart for purity as an act of worship unto him. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I was excited on the blessings that would bring to my life. But first it was, I just want to do this because I love you and you told me to, you know.
0: Yes. And you waited and you waited and then you wrote this. I waited this.
2: and I waited. <laughs> and you waited.
0: You said you were 36 and uh, you wrote this. I love the man that he is, who he is becoming. He loves the Lord with all, with his whole heart and soul. He is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, follows his lead. This is huge and also." to all of you single ladies mm. he worships god with such freedom mm-hmm. and uh why him mm. and what how, how did you meet him mr Shakir? right what's his first shakir. name Shakir. shakir
2: vincent shakir i love you babe um, <laughs> is I he listening him. right now he is at work but at work he what, will be what does listening. he do
0: what is going kind of work is that
2: He's a, a, a renaissance man. Uh, Nazareth, i married a renaissance man. He does video and photography. So we work together in that respect too. And he does consultation for entrepreneurs, online businesses, and he helps them build their online um, presence, if you will. So we work together a lot. So
0: you're a makeup artist and he's a photographer. There you go. Perfect Instagram. Perfect Instagram. <laughs> so why him?
2: Oh, you know. Okay, I love this. And I don't really get to talk about this that much. Well, I share my story of how we met. We met at a Super Bowl party. But I uh, want to tell you, like, party. through my waiting, Nazareth, I prayed, God, will you allow me to recognize him right away? Will you allow me to experience, like, a love at first sight kind of moment? And there's a lot of Christians that would laugh and that are laughing right now. You know now. my story.
0: I saw her. I asked her to marry me that same day.
2: I, high five. So
0: – so you I can really, you know, I understand. Yes. God sometimes yes. Tells, tells you that's her. Or that's yes. Them. And so. it's,
2: and to be honest, I've thought. That three times in my life before I met my husband, but each of the three times that I thought, Oh, I think I met my husband. It wasn't accompanied with peace and confidence and a fluidity and a, and a, and a knowing what that was, was I hope that's my, Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool if it was. Oh, I could picture it now, but it was never accompanied with what was accompanied when Vincent Shakir walked into my life. And right when he walked into the Super Bowl party, he, <laughs> Again, he's tall, dark and handsome and he walked into this open air restaurant bar in Newport Beach and a lot of light was behind him. It was a bright day. So he had this like, (laughs) "Ah," you know, this little (laughs) moment of, wow, I had no clue he was about ready to walk up to our table. I just thought there is a handsome man walking into the restaurant, and I am so drawn to his spirit. And I saw three things on him, freedom, delight, and joy. I just saw it on him. And I just looked, and I caught myself admiring who he was, not thinking, whoa, he's sexy, because he is, but thinking, wow, look at that delight and freedom and joy on him. And then he caught the eye of my friend sitting at my table and walked up to our table, and I thought, I'm in trouble. And so I told myself, Jessica Hoffman at the time, you event. are not allowed to even crush on anyone unless he loves Jesus. It was the day after my 35th birthday party. So I'm 35. I've had more heartbreaks than I intended to have. I don't need another one. Mm-hmm. And at 35, I realized I need to get a lot more bold in, in my boundaries, mm-hmm. in my mindset, And if a relationship begins with the first date and if a first date begins with a crush, then I'm going to give myself boundaries around who I crush on. If I want to marry a man of God, at that point I was saying, I'm not going to even crush on anyone unless he loves Jesus. So that was my promise to myself.
0: That's that's a good boundary.
2: Right? It's helpful. And so he came up to the table and. And he was just so full of sweetness, and I thought, "Oh, surely he's a like, Christian God, please." <laughs> and so I thought, well, it is Super Bowl Sunday. So I I gently asked him, "So what'd you do this morning?" And he told me he went to church. I'm like, "Oh my God, oh my gosh. So my heart was <laughs> pending. And I said, "Oh, um, are you a believer?" And I don't know why I asked in that way, but he held up his hand to give me a high five and said, I love Jesus right Amen. there at the bar. And I gave him a high five and I said, I knew I loved you. And I said that I said like 30 minutes after meeting him. But what I wanted to say, you know, I prefaced it with, I don't get to talk about this much is I, I know now I know that God did. He answered my prayer and he allowed my spirit to recognize his spirit. He allowed my soul to recognize Vincent's soul. And there are a couple of times in the Bible where he did just that. And it was, well, A, when Adam was put to sleep and God created Eve, mm-hmm. Adam had no part in the creation of Eve. Yet Adam sleeping. loved Eve.
0: That's what I tell sleeping. my wife. Don't be mad when I'm sleeping. Don't when- be <laughs> You wouldn't be around if I wasn't sleeping. This yeah. is
2: a holy moment. Yeah. I'm sleeping.
0: So, so uh,
2: and you know, a big thing too is when, and, and I'll shorten this. The no, other, no, no,
0: that's fine. Oh, yeah. okay.
2: So then, when Simeon, the temple worker, his prayer was, "Lord, before I leave this, or I'm paraphrasing. Read your Bible, yes. y'all. Don't take my word for it. But I, when the Simeon, the temple worker, was like. God, the cry of my heart is to meet the Messiah before I leave. Mm. And when Mary and Joseph were bringing baby Jesus to the temple, the moment Simeon saw the baby, he knew that the, the spirit of God, let him recognize the spirit of God in Jesus, you know? And so that's another example of love at first sight, if I, if I may. <laughs> and then another another example is when Samuel went to Bethlehem to Jesse mm-hmm. to anoint the future king of Israel. Yes. And Jesse's like, here's my strapping young sons. No, 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 not him. Oh, he's handsome. He's strapping. No, not him. I look at the heart. I don't look at the outer appearance. And I feel like that kind of sums up my dating life. Like, God, him, he's handsome. He loves you. Nope, 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 not him. And then finally, uh, David comes out from the field and Samuel said, the Spirit of God comes over Samuel. And the moment David walked into the room, Samuel said. Uh, No, God told Samuel, he's the one, anoint him. And I'm like, see, God could do anything. God could tell you. But what I don't want you singles to hear is, you know, I meet someone. He's the one. Let's rush this relationship. Let's get married right away. There's still an element of patience that's so beautiful. Love is patient love it let's just stop there let's just stop at patience you know what i mean so even though at that super bowl party i felt like whoa i don't even want to put it into words but my spirit recognized vincent and i felt that i had just met the man i would marry
0: and you you said that's why you know high five him. then what happened after
2: and then he told me his ethnicity because i couldn't figure it out is he
0: israeli or he was his, his dad is
2: his dad is. His dad was born in so Israel. He, so
0: he was born here. He's is he Messianic Jew or yep. he's a he's a Messianic yeah, Jew? Yeah,
2: Messianic Jew. So
0: he had, so his family really probably didn't. Uh, he had a problem with his family being a Christian.
2: Yeah, it was I'm a bit saying. of a tumultuous journey for him because he's Jewish by blood and Jewish by faith. Went through synagogue, taught himself Hebrew. He was a year behind, but he he made it work and he made it happen. And all along, he felt something was missing, like something was incomplete. Mm. And when he was 17, I believe 17, right after around graduation, around high school graduation, he had an encounter with Jesus and he never looked back. He gave his heart to Jesus. He felt complete, fulfilled. He felt like this, this is what my soul has been yeah. aching for. And so, yeah, it was hard for his uh, Jewish father to accept that. Um, but after Vincent got saved, his mother came back to the Lord, too. Amen. And so he just has a beautiful faith, and he knows conversational Hebrew. I am learning my my Arabic. Don't quiz me on it. Uh, oh, really?
0: <laughs> How do you learn Arabic when you speak Hebrew?
2: I'm, I'm learning conversational Hebrew, too, but we have a big heart for the Middle East, and oh. we would love to... If God told us to move to Jerusalem, we would, and we would love it. And I've been there three times now. I
0: know. I know this. I go every other year, but I see your picture. Oh. Now, is he older than you?
2: I'm older. I'm you're older. Year, I'm a year okay. older. Okay.
0: What is it like? You know, sometimes I heard this, that when you're single for a while, mm-hmm. I mean, you are 35, that's still young, mm-hmm. but uh, do you have your own way? You make up your own way or your mm-hmm. own this is how I live my life. This is my habits. This is my t-
2: mm-hmm.
0: How, yeah. did you have any challenge with that? Did you know?
2: Yeah, and I've heard that too from a lot of people. The The biggest perhaps downfall of getting married later is that you were stuck in your ways and stubborn in your ways. And there's definitely an element to that. Um, one thing that I knew I desired in a future husband and therefore I was praying for it. I really truly wanted to marry a man with a teachable spirit that heard from the Holy Spirit because I have a lot of I have a, all my faith in the in the Lord you know and so I I had a lot of time Nazareth to learn about marriage before I entered into a marriage mm. I had a lot of time to interview married people to hang out with married people and I would do that I wouldn't segregate myself like oh I feel unwanted here they're married I'm not gonna hang out no I'm like I want to be married one day so I I want to learn, teach me your secrets, you know? And so I knew I wanted a teachable husband. And although my husband and I joke around, we're both, um, stubborn individuals. I like to call it tenacious.
1: Tenacious. I'm (laughs) I'm
2: adamant. I'm tenacious with my beliefs, but as I've grown in my faith and as I've grown in my leadership, I have a a mentor of mine. She's a beautiful woman of God, Dr. Alicia Brit She has influenced me so much in just a few years. I've Um, been friends with her. And she says something very simple, but, but very powerful. And she always says, I never want to miss a teachable moment.
1: Mm. And so I
2: adopted that for me. I God, I never want to miss a teachable moment. I am aware that I am who I am right now because of all, all, all my chapters leading up to this point in my story. But I'm also aware that with you, God, I can put the mind of Christ on. I can renew my mind, and so I can grow. I can be better. I can, mm-hmm. I can grow my compassion. I can grow my leadership, and so I am not committed to being stubborn. And my husband isn't either. Um, maybe it took a little more time for him not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I am just so thankful that we both have a desire to have a teachable spirit. It doesn't always come easy at all. I think, well, not I think, I know our love story was easy. To fall in love with him, to receive his love was easy. And I've never had that before. In Mm. fact, the relationship I had before my husband, I broke up with that relationship. It was a year and a half and a year and a half too long. Uh, He was a good man of God, just not my man of God. And so it made it hard. It was an, uphill battle from the beginning. And I realized as I looked back on it and thought, why did I stay in a relationship that was wrong for me? And I knew it was in my heart, but I stayed in it. And again, I was like in my thirties and when you reach 30 and you're single, it's a different layer of temptation to be like, maybe I have too high a standard, you know? And so I realized by looking back at that relationship that I stayed in for way too long, I I pinpointed it to one lie that I believed. And I always want to get to that. Like, what was the lie that I was believing, you know, that kept me from the fullness of what God is calling me to? And the lie was... I believed that every relationship had to be so hard because that's what culture tells us about marriage. You look at Uh, movies and they paint the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship all crazy in love, adventurous, and romantic. And then they paint the husband-wife as like the ball and chain. You you know know? what, Jessica?
0: I've been married 23 years. We probably had two arguments.
2: We're
0: in love. I love her more today. I don't know why people give you... High
1: five again. It
0: it gets better and better. You've been married, what? like two or three two and years. a half years yeah are you guys planning to have kids
2: yeah we definitely want to we are praying that my spine is strong enough to enter into that and that's
0: what we, you know that was my next question because <sighs> I have rheumatoid and I know mm, I have to so do certain sorry. exercise it's not it's very my, a minimum because mm. I stretch a lot Good. and I know you have uh, you spoke about it publicly the scoliosis yeah. how how often do you have to stretch and do that to make sure
2: Oh, it, throughout the day, and it's scoliosis along with degenerative disc issues all throughout my spine and multiple bulging discs. And last year, I had a tear in my disc, bulges that pressed into my spinal um, sac around the spinal cord, and it left me temporarily disabled for five months last year. <sighs> And I'm still not out of the woods yet. I'm about 75% better. But last year, my visual of last year is just a big old wrecking ball, just clearing everything out. And I thank God that he doesn't waste our pain, that there's always a purpose in the pain. And last year was deep, deep therapy with the Lord. A lot of alone time with him. I felt like our friendship just – it it did. It became so much stronger. It's like – bonding over the same sorrow, you know a similar sorrow I can never I can never ever imagine even begin to imagine what he took on. But uh, just the the sorrow that I was feeling and and the joy also that I was able to em- embrace and the understanding that joy is my weapon. You know, if joy if it was joy that Jesus endured the cross, then with joy I can endure what I have to endure. And I just felt I I grew to know him so much better. And through that, what was the most painful year of my life led me to being the most free, the most peaceful, the most confident, the most settled in who I am. How is so, Vincent
0: deals with that? Because some husbands, when their wife gets sick for longer mm-hmm. than a day or half a mm-hmm. day, sometimes they get frustrated yeah. or they feel, you know, they don't know what to do. They like, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you go, I'd rather be the one in pain mm-hmm. than her. Because I don't know what to do for her. What? How did he yeah. handle
2: that? You know, 2019 was a wrecking ball for him too. Things that were coming up against him, mm. uh, you know, health-wise, emotional, physical, mental. I mean, we both went through it and, and it broke his heart to see me like that. And it made him question like, should I be doing more? Can I be doing more? And I know it allowed... You know, he had to fight off the temptation with the enemy, speaking to him like, you're not doing enough. Look, your wife needs you and you can't help Mm. her, you know? So he had to fight through that and work through that. But the fact that we had to care and tend for each other in such an intimate way, in such a detailed way, in such an ongoing way, really built up our friendship together, really built up our romance, really built up our love for one another. Mm -hmm. And recently we've had three different people prophesy over our lives the same thing that I you know the Lord is putting on my heart that you and Vincent will grow even deeper in love as if that's possible it and is. each of the three added that as if it's even possible and every time we would we would share that with one another we would look at each other and we're like I feel it it that's what's happening we're growing more in love
0: love grows in, it's a different maturity level mm-hmm. like when you're a, when you're a teenager you think uh, this is fun this mm-hmm. is good this is love then you get to your late 20s it's a different mm. same passion for yes. it but it's different just love grows the way I love my wife it just it just grows it's more mature it's mm. more all that now you're uh, yeah, okay you God. said you're a makeup artist you're a model and you do hair too mm-hmm. so you're the perfect person to be a coach and you have your mm, ministry you. but before I do that you have a do you have a podcast that you do
2: No, I don't have a podcast. If you
0: look at your Facebook, (laughs) it looks like you have a podcast. I paused because
2: I recently hosted a twenty-one day online show. That's what, and I interviewed twenty-one different women of faith from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And from that place, a lot of uh, women in my community have been asking, "Can you do a podcast?" You should. So it's on my. So much. I mean, in
0: that hour we were together, Mm -hmm. you shared so many nuggets Mm -hmm. that just you know people take time to chew on. Thank you. And that's amazing. Now, so you are a beauty coach. What does a beauty coach do?
2: Yeah, helps you feel beautiful, live brave, be free, so you can fulfill your God-given assignment here on Earth. That is my goal, Nazareth. Okay, and it's from a place of I'm not knocking outer beauty. In fact, well. You know my, you know, my career, you know, my passion, but partnering with the, the joy and the, the thrill of, of beauty and makeup and, and, and all that, but partnering with the word of God and the truth so that we can feel fully aligned. I, I, oh man, I remember vividly what it feels like to feel imprisoned, to be burdened by insecurity, to feel. Just so foggy when it comes to what is my vision, God? What is my purpose? What are you calling me to do? I mean, I remember how that all felt. And I remember that fear and pain and insecurity and doubt was keeping me from really living out loud and being fully me. But now, thank God, thank the Lord. And and marriage has really helped me get to this place. But even before Vincent, I know what it's like to feel free and to live from that place of freedom. And because I remember well what it feels like to to be burdened by insecurity and Mm. now to walk in confidence with my identity in Christ and being secure in that identity. I want to help women walk out of that prison into freedom into the fullness of freedom so that we can all accomplish what we're what we are called to accomplish on earth and our our calling as Christians as my mentor says is gloriously common. We're called to love God, love people, and make him known. But then our unique calling is, how are you going to live that out? So my unique calling, God made me a makeup artist. God gave me a craft. He put the gift of beauty in my hands to help connect to the hearts of women around the world. And he's using that gift for me to infiltrate, really. I feel like that's a good word for what it is, to really get to a place where I can connect so well with the heart of a woman. And I'm not trying to brag, but that's just a gift that God gave me that I've been developing to do what the what I'm really called to do.
0: So what session 3 look like?
2: Okay, I mean, so session first th-
0: one is talking about the real, true beauty. <laughs> so, and then they go, come on, no, I need you to work on my faith. Is yeah. that is that part of it? Is that?
2: Yeah, it's part of it. So I wrote out a 12-week program. And I walk women through this 12-week journey. And we meet every week on a Zoom video call so I can see them face to face. And we either do a one-on-one program or a small group program. Mm-hmm. And I keep it no more than five women to a group so that... We can all feel safe. We can all feel heard and you can get one-on-one attention. And so I just – I adore my time with these women and the 12 weeks are divided into 10 areas. And these 10 areas, I really feel they were just a God download because it all came out on paper so clearly and effortlessly one afternoon, January 2019, two weeks before I had my neck injury. Mm. And God just allowed me to, with such clarity, write out this program. And we take biblical truth. We always start with the Bible. So you get a little sermonette each <laughs> each session.
1: That's good. And
2: a lot of thoughtful questions and prompts because I, I love questions. And I, I'm loving your questions, by the way. You know, and like Brendan Bouchard is somebody that I admire too. He's an online educator, entrepreneur, and he says that, questions are so good because they direct our mind and help set our intention. And then Tony Robbins, he says yes. the right. the quality of your life is in direct connection with the quality of questions you ask. Yeah. And when I first heard that I'm like, nah, that's not a direct correlation, is it? But as I've grown in my emotional health and mental health and leadership, it oh, my my growing and it started with a question. It started with a question like, why am I feeling this way?
1: Mm. Okay,
2: well, why why do I feel like I hate my body? Why do I feel like I hate the way I look? You know, those questions. When did that begin? Who told me that? Did God tell me that? Like, questions yeah. literally help us heal. And so even science science is showing that there are some things I can only be healed in, in community, in relationship. Because, mm. you, know?
0: you know, sometimes you feel like, I mean… I, you think like you have a bully living inside mm-hmm. of you. You mm-hmm. go look in the mirror in the morning. Look at you, you ugly person. Look at you. How dare you look mm-hmm. like that? You're too old. You're too this. You're too mm-hmm. fat. And you start thinking like, why am I letting this voice? Mm-hmm. So session one, you start every every session, 12 weeks, you start with a little sermon. Then after
1: that.
2: And then we, I apply positive psychology, a little bit of neuroscience, because I'm obsessed with learning about the mind and the brain and how we're wired and how science is finally catching up to the word of God. They are. This right? is
0: interesting. Yes.
2: And then I use my insight from being in the beauty industry for 22 years and- for 22 years i've just been studying what is beauty what is the effect of beauty what does god say about it what does culture say about it how is woman of faith how can we live in that tension of being in this world but not of it and so all of that go those are all components of the program and the 10 areas where we apply biblical truth where we get to see how true authentic beauty can transform these areas in our lives we start with the mind
1: mm-hmm.
2: we go into talent we really delve into what did God entrust with you? What did God give you? How mm. could you use that to glorify him, to bring goodness to other people, to feel fully alive? So I help women utilize that talent. And if they feel like they don't have a talent, I help, they, I help them find it. We go into talent, then we go into voice, which is a big one for me. Um, voice, your story. You know, mm-hmm. not shying away from speaking up and speaking the truth, knowing your story, inviting God in to redeem your story so that your story is now you could look at God and go, our story, God. You know, then we go into waiting, how to wait well. And this isn't just for women who are waiting on their husband. It could be whatever you're waiting on right. for a healing, for a breakthrough, for a baby. Right. You're waiting on just your confidence to start taking shape and growing. And so we take uh, the tools that I share and we apply it to the area of your waiting. And then we go into pain. Oh, 2019 taught me a lot about this topic, how God uses the pain. There's beauty to be found even in that season. Mm. And then we go into your body, learning to, love this gift learning to love the skin you're in learning to recognize how you talk to your body and how you treat your body and we need to be in alignment with our body okay
0: I'm a comedian how do you talk to your body
2: <laughs> how you doing today body elbow hey. what's up elbow? hey fat okay. go to the
0: shoulder don't <laughs> stay in the stomach
2: <laughs> well I one of my therapists my myofascia therapy um, therapist she's been working on my on my body and your, what? your
0: what's her name? Myofascia. Myofascia. She deals
2: with connective tissue. Her oh, okay. Mikaï Blackwell. Oh my gosh, she is a secret weapon for my healing process. Mm. And so she'll do three to six hour sessions on me, and in one day, in one sitting, one and three she...
0: to six hours in <laughs> one sitting.
2: But I'm my body needs a lot of undoing (laughs) you know with the scoliosis and the twist yeah there's a twisting and yeah so with with your body how do you talk to your body you know she's helped me a lot in this process to growing and knowledge in this area my spine has been so overworked all my life and I grew up saying things like oh I hate my back oh I hate my spine that doesn't help me at all in fact it just it just is a disservice to me. Like if I'm, if my goal is alignment, you know, and, and mind and heart, then when I'm speaking such negative words Mm. of death over my own body, my, my brain hears that, you know, your, your mind, your brain, hears everything that you say. And so now I've switched to, wow, thank you spine. You've been working, you've been working really hard. What do you need? What can I, what do you need from me right now? I want to work to get there. You know, so last year, even though it was so painful, I realized so much more. I wasn't being good to my body. I was fighting against my body. And there's a quote that you can't heal a body you hate. And so learning how yeah. to love your body because truly it's just a gift from God that we've been entrusted with. And so that session, we dive into all that. And then we go into relationships. Have you
0: ever heard your spine talk back to you like, yeah, I'll take three Tylenols and two Advils (laughs) for now and two anti-inflammatory. No, okay, I'm sorry. I'm a comedian, I have, but this is really good. This is gold. You cannot heal a body you hate. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then you go into? Into
2: relationships. And relationships are defined by, basically relationships are the art of connecting connection and we start with you have to have a healthy clear communication with you and god mm-hmm. and then you have to be able to connect to connect with yourself if you ever hope to have healthy connections with other people and so it's learning your relationship this vertical relationship with God, with your almighty, then applying it to you. And the Bible says, love your neighbors as yourself. I think that's a problem. A lot of people don't love themselves. So how in the world are we going to love our neighbors? Mm. You know, so it, it, this, this art of connecting is what we dive into in the week when we talk about relationships. Then from relationships, we move into faith. And that's a big, a lot of these are just such big topics that we only have yeah. 75 minutes to really kind of, you know, Holy Spirit, do what you can, you know, do what only you can. Um, but when the the week of faith, you know, I'll give you a praise report. One of the things that we talked about, and I give challenges, um, homework at the end of each, each week and the, a couple of actually a week before each call, you uh-huh. get a downloadable workbook to begin preparing your mind to answer questions, so that you come to the call ready, ready. to engage in the conversation. So you're not just showing up going, "Oh, I wonder what she's going to teach today." You're ready to do work. You're uh-huh. ready to ask yourself these questions and share with the group and share with me. And so, the homework I gave for my group coaching clients when we talked about faith was I encouraged them to share your faith with somebody you've never shared your faith with before. Mm. And before you do ask God, Lord, you know, my heart, my heart is to share my faith this week. Can you provide the open door? Because I feel that the hardest part could be the, how do you start the open door
0: once it's open? Yes.
2: Once it's open, if you love God, it just flows out of you. So I was encouraging them partner with the Holy spirit, pray. Will you give me an open door? And when you do, I will step into it and I will share my faith. Mm -hmm. And one of my girls came back and she's like, Jess, Oh my gosh. I don't think I would have ever have done it this week. Had I not had this, homework had it not be on the top of my mind but I shared my faith and three of my friends came to know the Lord and now they're coming to church I'm like what? So sometimes you know this this coaching program it's not like I'm giving you new information perhaps I am giving you new information but what was on my heart is that we do not need more information we have so much information we can google anything we want but what I want to do with women is help them get this information from head to heart and help them live it Help mm-hmm. them just be filled with it, their cup overflowing so that they could they could serve other people from a place of freedom and, freedom and confidence, and,
1: confidence. Yeah.
2: and being filled.
0: Amen. And then after faith. What oh, is-
2: yeah. Thank you. You're such a good host. I would be going on a tangent like <laughs> no, squirrel. Fine.
0: No calls, right? That's good. Yeah, and I'm then, enjoying the conversation. We aw, don't want to interrupt thank it. Thank
2: you, my friend. I am too. Thank you. Um, after faith, we talk about life. And the reason why I ended this, I saved it for the end, is because I want them to realize you get to design a life that you love. Mm. You get to co-create this life you live on earth with God. Nobody is going to do it for you. And now we have all these tools. We, we've we learned more about how our mind, our brain is made to be programmed. And if we don't work, do the work to program our brain, this beautiful, gloriously complicated machine that God gave us, culture will program it for us. It will right. happen naturally one way or the other. So, well, no, it will happen naturally one way, culture's way. But John Maxwell says growth doesn't happen by accident. So we have to put in the work if we want to. Put on the mind of Christ, and if we want to shine and and be a light and be salt to the earth, like we're called to, like we're made to. And y'all, when we do what we're made to do, it just feels good.
0: And when's the book we're in coming in? When's the Jessica? Oh, I love Michigan? you. I th- <laughs> you have
2: to. I have two books in me. I know this for sure. Well, God has that? showed me. Oh yes, and Amen. Uh Let me just end with my final yes. category.
0: Oh, I thought life was. You
2: enough. know what? I know I set it up as if yeah. it were the final one. Yeah. After life we dive into the category of appearance. We go there as Christian women is something that is not talked about a lot at church. If at all, it's something I feel like, Hey, this is a really big issue for women. Can we talk about it? Can we get some biblical perspective? Can we not just sweep it under the rug and say, Oh, you know it God looks at the heart. Well, we're women where we long to feel beautiful. We long to look beautiful. How does this play a part in my faith? You know, and even I love when my husband is so awesome and he is so rich with thoughts and, and wisdom and hearing from the Lord and questions. And so it's so cool to talk with them. And, and he was even telling me, you know, as a, as a Middle Eastern man living in America, living and he's lived all over the States as well. He was talking to me about his journey, about coming to the place in his life where he could appreciate how he looked, because that's a part of God's story for him. You know, he's been, and we all have, especially, I mean, I can speak from being a woman. We've been praised for how we look. We've been ridiculed for how we looked. We've been abused for how we looked. We've been, you know, um, applauded for how we look. It is. It's a part of the conversation that right. isn't talked about. That I miss
0: praised for the look, but other than that. You mean- <laughs> I hit every other step in there. But no, I'm not trying to make this humorous because this is deep, this is important, right? Yeah. And for men to fee- even feel appreciated, you know, to feel praised yeah. the, you know, that's that's normally that's not a Middle Eastern thing or Mm-hmm. you know we call those people gay when they when they just mm-hmm. they care how they look i don't know i i'm, I'm just using the term because yeah but, but it's
2: part of the conversation right we're human the first thing that somebody know sees about us typically is our outer shell before right. they talk with us before they have any other kind of connection and so it's an extension of of I don't want to say who we are, but in a way it is, you it know, is. it is. And so we talk about appearance and my hope is that by the time we've, we've talked about all the other layers of humanity, of who we are, of why God made us talent, our voice, our relationships. By the time we get to our appearance, my hope is that women, that women stop putting energy into negative narratives so that people that women stop hating the way they look that women can finally take back that energy where they once put it into oh I'm and then fill in the blank with all the narrative negative mm-hmm. narrative they could take back that energy and apply that energy to just live a life as an act of worship live a li- live a good life live a life of gratitude as an act of worship to God mm-hmm. that they can get to the point and say Lord, you chose to give me my skin tone. This is what I was born with. Mm -hmm. I was born with my eye shape. I I was born with this. And so I want to say thank you rather than Picking it apart and plotting how to change it. I want to say thank you. And I, I want to embrace beauty in a healthy way. I want to embrace authentic beauty in a healthy way. And so we have these really awesome conversations on appearance with women of faith. And I have to say, I mean, I love every week and I find myself with the girl saying, this is my favorite week. No, this oh, is my favorite week. Amazing. But the feedback I got from uh, many of them, they said the week of appearance and it was the final one. So, you know, it just it was building and they said, wow, I have never in my life had a conversation like that. And it helped me so much.
0: That's amazing. What is it? I mean, is this affordable? Is this something? I know you're busy yeah. if you only can take five people. If someone listening right now want to get them to the program, is this average? Is this very expensive? Yeah,
2: or... I've kept it as affordable as I can while being able to maintain this is my priority. You know, on my coaching days, my goal is to not leave the house, like to prep in worship, to be in the word, to have Mm. my mind right. So that I'm not like rushing into a call and then, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. And so we have a pay in full plan where you can save 10% or we have a monthly payment. And so the monthly payment is 297 for the group coaching call. And that's 75 minute calls with me in the group every week, downloadable workbooks every week, and a I'll tell you right now, I'm surprising my girls with this, but they also, uh, a bonus I'm giving my girls is a one-on-one session with me. And then in that moment, we could talk about products that I would recommend, beauty question, application. So it's really fun for them, you know, and to be able to carve out two days a week. I do my coaching coachings on Wednesday and Thursdays. So I needed to be able to Take those two days out, not take any makeup jobs, not take any, you know, celebrity makeup jobs. This is my, these are my coaching days. So it
0: has to cover, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so
2: I realized it's an investment and I realized that it's not only investment in money, but in time. And I want to honor, I want to honor that. I want to honor these women. And I, I also know that by encouraging them to take a stand for themselves, powerful things happen when women get together, when women, and I have a lot of moms who are in the program too. And they say, you know, I've, gosh, I've, I've never taken this amount of time for myself. I've, uh, you know, putting this money into developing me feels wrong, but I know it'll help every other area of my life, you know? And I also gift my clients with a ticket to one of my live events throughout uh, 2020. We have some live live events,
0: events, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is you do coaching and those?
2: Yeah, so it would either be, um, you know, a a beauty workshop where I have I invite one of my other celebrity makeup artist friends to do a makeup tutorial. I teach. I have another person come in and speak. How much
0: is that if someone wants to attend that? So,
2: oh, it it varies. I don't have anything on the calendar right now, but um, it varies. If it's like a couple hours of an event, or if it's an all day event, it would vary from. you know, up to 197 for an all-day event, um, but it starts with. I mean, it, it varies, and a lot of times I'll do free events, but it depends on uh, who I'm bringing in and and the content we're going over. And I like to, I like to. Gifts is one of my love languages, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to give a lot of makeup products and things like that to my girls too. Do, and to do you do one-on-one?
0: Can... Like, if someone wants just how to learn how to do makeup or what's the best totally product. yeah is that a, a an affordable session for some people you don't have to give the price yeah but...
2: and anybody if you have any beauty related questions too i'd love to offer anyone listening a complimentary 15 minute beauty coaching call with me wow. so you could use that to um you know to pray hey if you're a woman who's like gosh i i I know God made me beautiful and I really have a desire to feel that way, but I'm just not there. I just feel so far away from that. We can take that 50 minutes to pray. We can talk about um, outer beauty, you know, product tech oh, wow. product tips and tricks be and careful
0: you just said 50- oh. to anybody there's a lot of people who's gonna call so what where can they get a hold of you where they can reach you for for that beauty coaching the 12 week for that yeah going to the where can they get a hold of you You
2: can go to my website jessica shakir
0: Je- can you spell that
2: shakir is s-h-a-k-i-r jessica
0: j-e-s-s-i-c-a com
2: and on there you'll find information about my program which begins february 5th the day after my birthday
0: all right happy birthday and people listening that's uh if you want to sign up she can only take five uh and i have two groups going so i have
2: yeah and i have three one-on-one so right now i have about eight women in the program already. And so I have about seven opportunities left for this time around.
1: Wonderful. And
2: on my website you'll find information about that program and you'll find an area on the website where it says, Hey, let's chat. You can book a call. It is first come, first serve. I have three days open in the next week. So if they fill up, um then you know then, you're then they'll fill
0: up. Well, Jessica, thank you so much oh, for being on you. the show. And I'm sorry about traffic. Thank
2: you for having me. Oh, thank you you're, guys you're for your patience. You're an encouragement I to so many you. women.
0: And I appreciate and honor your friendship for all oh, these years we've been friends. Uh, I
2: appreciate and honor your no, friendship and what you do. I no. think what you do is so important. Like. Humor and laughter and joy and delight and happiness. The Bible talks so much about all of that. And it's so good for our soul and for our body. And so thank, thank you for you what you Thank you so do. much.
0: And uh, people, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, share it with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast so you can get one every week. And uh, and just uh, if you don't follow us on, on social media, if you want to follow uh, Jessica, you're on Instagram. It, oh, you got to mm-hmm. learn from her Instagram. Oh, okay. Jessica Hoffman Shakir.
2: Uh actually uh my married name, Jessica Shakir Beauty.
0: Jessica. You can Shakir find me Beauty Jessica Shakir
2: Beauty on Insta on and Instagram that's my website.
0: And on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. Okay. So and also if you want to follow me, I am still under Comedian Nazareth or uh, you know, just uh, follow Laughter for All uh podcast and laugh. Laugh. It's good for you. <laughs> you know, even makeup artists will tell you you need to laugh yes. because if you don't laugh the muscles in your face will start wrinkling. And then you look horrible. But anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, next love week, you
1: guys.
0: Next week, I'm going to have Pastor Mike and Janice with me. And this is uh, this is one of the men. I think he's the greatest dad and a grandpa. So you, we're going to learn a lot about uh, marriage and kids and family. So love you guys. Thank you so much. And God bless you.